forgot to start. So if you're listening in on the podcast, we are talking about the book of Matthew, chapter 6, where Jesus preached on the mountain. It was a sermon on the mountain. And Jesus explains through detail how to live the Christian life. So in the podcast, you're coming in, we've already been talking, I've already been talking to the sweet people who've been watching via video, Um, and uh, so you're kind of coming in, but what I shared is that the Word of God will always transform our lives, always, but we've got to be doers of the Word, we can't be just hearers of the Word, and if we choose to live according to the Word, according to what Jesus said, we'll surrender everything, we must surrender to Him in order to live the Christian life. We cannot live according to the word if we don't surrender everything. If you hold on to certain things, there's no way that you can live according to what Jesus said. Jesus gave it all to his Lord, to his Father. That's what he did. He said, remember, when it was time for him to be in, when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked the Lord if there was any way for the cup to pass. Even Jesus surrendered unto the Father. And we live and we must have the example of Jesus in order to live according to the Christian life. So we must follow his example. And he surrendered everything. So must we. So turn with me in the book of Matthew chapter 6 verse 1. And it says, Take heed that ye do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly." And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret, and thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly." But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth, as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Forgive you. So we're going to stop right there for a moment because as you see here in the word, Jesus is saying not to be prideful. 
Why do I say that, that, that we shouldn't be prideful? Why am I saying that this is what he's saying? It's because everything that he's saying not to do is, the pers- is what the person who wants everyone to think that he or she is great does. So the one who prays, who, who gives his alms before everyone, who, who says, look at how I give. Look at how much I'm giving to people. Do you see how I give? Did you notice that I give a lot and I give a whole lot to people? That person is prideful because your giving should be in secret. Nobody should know, but the giver, the person who's receiving it. And then you, of course, and God knows. You see, God knows because he'll reward you. He'll reward you for giving in secret. When you give in public, when you give for everyone that they might know, this is not about the real reason that God wanted you to give. This is about you. When it turns out to that, it's about you. And God says, Jesus taught us right here not to do that. Then he says, he talks about praying. He talks about praying and fasting. And he's saying, don't be like the hypocrites. Those hypocrites are the ones that stand at the street corners and they pray really loud. And he doesn't mean specifically that you shouldn't stand at a street corner because that may not be what you're doing. But if we're praying so that we can be heard and everybody can think how holy we are, we've missed the mark. You see, we've missed the mark, but he wants us to pray with our door closed, to pray in secret. He wants us to pray so that he knows we're praying. Not so that everybody else thinks that we're so great and how humble we are and wonderful we are, because if that's what we're looking for, then we are in pride. And God doesn't want us there. He wants us to live a holy life. And a holy life is a life where you're fulfilled in Jesus Christ. It's the only way to live the Christian life, living a life in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ did not do things for show. He did things because his father commanded him to do them. And everything he did was according to what the father said. Everything he did. And he didn't go around showing everybody that he was Jesus. In fact, when they said, are you the king of the Jews? Or are you this person? Are you that person? There are times when he said, don't tell anyone what I've done. Don't tell anyone who you know I am. And then at a certain point when it was time for people to know, then it was revealed to them. But the truth was, he was not in pride. He was teaching them. They were in pride those that needed to be taught about this. This that he's speaking directly to us right here. And he's telling us that when we pray, we shouldn't pray like the hypocrites pray. We shouldn't pray letting everyone see how wonderful we are. We shouldn't pray so that the that we are being we are showing everyone how faithful we are. We shouldn't pray so that people know that we're this wonderful great Christian. We pray because God wants to intercede and use us here on this earth that he's given us dominion over. And if we're putting ourselves in the midst, then we're stopping what he wants to do. When you're praying in your flesh, that's not prayer at all. But when you pray in the spirit, there is the prayer. That's what God will honor. And that is prayer that changes things. So we're going to read on and it says here, and this, is, this was a part that is many, very surprising to many people. And it says, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive 
your trespasses. Wait a minute. You mean, you're asking, you mean to say, if I don't forgive, then God won't forgive me? That's exactly what I'm saying. If you don't forgive those that do something evil against you, God will not forgive you. He won't forgive you because your sin is just as wicked and evil as that person's sin, but they did it against you and you did it against God. And yes, they did it against God as well, but God will deal with them. You see, that's between him and them. But here, between you and him, is where you have something to do. You have control over it. And he says, if you don't forgive them, he won't forgive you. If you don't forgive him, he forgive them, he won't forgive you. God won't forgive you. So I wonder how many times we've forgotten this verse, this scripture. But friends, I'm reminding you here today because God wants you to be forgiven. He wants you to walk the life, to live the life of freedom. That's what he wants for you. He wants you to live a life of freedom. And the only way to live a life of freedom is to live a life where you're forgiving others. If you hold on, you won't be forgiven. And that means you don't have freedom. You're in bondage. How can you be free if you're not forgiven? You can't be. So then it says, moreover, when you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad, sad continence, countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Excuse me a moment here. So it says, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Then he says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, excuse me, where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So God is very clear about this. And why is he talking about uh, fasting, saying for us to wash our face, for us not to let everybody know that we're fasting? Because again, that's the issue of pride. You see, when you want everyone to know how, fa how you're fasting, that you, you want everybody to know, yes, yes, I'm fasting. Yes, I am fasting right now. Yes, I want you to know how holy I am because holy people fast. I'm not, I, I don't mean that that came out sarcastic. I don't mean to be sarcastic uh, and unkind. I, what I mean to say is, if you're doing this as under the Lord, what other people think doesn't matter. What other people think about whether you fast or you don't fast, whether they never know if you pray or you fast, that is irrelevant. God, what God knows is what's relevant. And then it goes right naturally, it goes right into where he says, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. You see, if you're doing things so that you may receive a reward here on earth, remember, these rewards here on earth will all go away one day. 
When we die, our money doesn't even come with us. All the hard work that you put in, and maybe you even did it under the Lord, there's nothing wrong with having money. But if that's your treasure, if that's where your heart is, it is about money, if that's the case, you've missed the mark. Because yes, God does give us money. We need money here on this earth. The Bible says it. The Bible says it, that money solveth all things. Money, money, we need money. It gives you, you can buy food with money. You can pay your rent with money so that you have a home to live in. You can buy a car, you can buy clothes, you can buy school supplies. We need money, yes we do. And it is a blessing to have an abundance of it. But the reason that we have money is not so that we can hoard it all ourselves. Yes, God wants us to create a, uh, uh, to save money and to put money aside for the future and for our generations, our children and their children and their children. So they have a financial inheritance. Yes, those are all good, good things. But if you put your trust in the money, if you put your hope in the money, and if that's where you think is the treasure, then you've missed it. Because remember, you could lose it all like that. You could lose it all just like that. I'm not saying that you are going to lose it all like that, but think about the people that you've seen now. And, and more importantly, when you die, that money will be right here. You can't control that money. No matter what you said in your will, no matter what you told your family members, that money is out of your hands. And when you die, you're not gonna be thinking about that money. If you are with Jesus, you're going to be worshiping the Lord. You are going to be in eternity with Jesus. Money is not necessary in eternity. We don't need money there. If your treasure is your money, if your treasure is what people think about you, if your treasure, excuse me, is who, what somebody's perception of you is, you've missed it. You should be thinking about what God says about you. And does he say, well, do you think when you die and you go to stand before him that you're going to, he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, that good and faithful servant. Is he going to say that? Because if you don't know, then you need to go before the Lord today, right now, and get your heart in the right place. You need to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me for my sin against you and change my heart. Turn my heart around that I'm not thinking about what other people, worried about what other people think about me. You know, I learned this a long time ago. It took me a long time to get here, but I learned it. People are going to have opinions about you no matter who you are, no matter what you do, no matter how wonderful you are, no matter how successful you are, no matter what a failure you are, people are going to have opinions of you. And those opinions may or may not reflect the truth. You got to give up thinking about those things. What people think of you is not the point. What God thinks of you is what matters because God is the one, the Bible says it, God is the one who can take your soul to hell. God's the one. So someone on this earth may be able to kill you. Yes, that's true. But when you die, God is the one who has your soul. God is the one who's in control of that. And that is who we want to live for, the Lord God in heaven. We want to live for him. And he told us to follow Jesus. That's what he said. So that's what the Christian life is about. And it's a joyous life too. It's not a life where it's full of drudgery and, 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 and horrible things. That's, it is a wonderful life where you have freedom. I've never had so much freedom before 
until I started living for Jesus Christ. There's so much freedom. And then you know that he's going to take care of it. I want to share a song, and I don't think I can share the actual song here because of copyright issues. And not that I would want to, I'm not trying to steal the person's song. I would really love for you to hear it, but I don't think I'm, I'm allowed to do it. So what I'm going to do is, I, I think I'm going to say it. I'm going to sing maybe some of it. And, you know, please forgive me if you don't like my voice, but I think you're going to get the idea of what I'm singing. And it's by a woman, an African singer. Her name is Sinash. You've probably heard about her. She was named like one of the greatest people of the year. I don't know if it was Time Magazine or some magazine or something, but she has written amazing and beautiful songs. And this in particular is one that's an encouragement to many. And the song is called, I Know Who God Says I Am. And so it kind of goes like this. Now I think I've got the lyrics the right, the right way. I hope I've got the right lyrics, but it goes, I know who God says I am, where he says I'm at. I know who I am. I know who God says I am, what he says I am where he says I'm at. I know who I am. I know who God says I am. What he says I am. Where he says I'm at. I know who I am. Then it says, I'm walking in power. I'm working miracles. I live a life of favor. I know who I am. I'm walking in power. I live a life of favor. I'm working miracles. I know who God says I am. Come and look at me. I'm a warrior. I don't know if it's I'm a warrior or I'm a, I think it's come and look at me. I'm a wonder. That's it. Come and look at me. I'm a wonder. I don't remember all the words and forgive me. I wasn't planning to sing this, but the Lord told me to share it with you. And why? Because it's not about what everybody else says. It says, so don't mind what you see now. Because God is not about what the rest of the world says about you. God knows who you are deep inside. God is a God who looks at the heart. That's why when we change in our heart, everything else will fall along. But if it's about a show, nothing is really different. See, God wants our heart. Saints, he wants your heart. He wants your heart. That's why he says to do to pray in secret. He says to, uh, 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 what else did he say? He says to lay up your treasures in heaven. Because that means that you're looking at what God says. And you're not worried about the rest of the world and what the world says about you. And do the world, does the world think that you're rich? And does the world think that you're successful? The Bible says that the, the things of God are foolishness under the world. So if you're a Christian, you look like a fool to the rest of the world already. I don't know if you know that, but the Bible says so. That the people in the world think you're a fool. But that's a good thing. Because if God says that, that means you're living for him, you see. You know the truth. The rest of the world doesn't understand. The rest of the world doesn't understand why you would give your life for Jesus Christ. The rest of the world doesn't understand why Jesus would give his life for us so that we may have forgiveness of sins. The world doesn't even know, doesn't even believe that that happened. You see, God is so faithful that he sent his son to change our heart. 
not our outward appearance. Not our outward appearance. You can get a new hairdo. You can curl your hair all cute. You can get a new buzz cut for you men out there. You can get your eyebrows plucked. You can get a new nice clean shave. You can look great. Your skin is soft and everything looks wonderful. Complexion is great and have a filthy heart on the inside. You can go to church every Sunday and you can stand and you can stand at the pulpit. You can sit in the pews. You can sing on the worship team. You can work in the children's ministry. You can do all these things and still have a filthy heart and still have a heart that's hardened to the things of God. And I'm saying this to you, friends, because I want for you that you might be transformed. The Bible says that only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can do that. I can't transform you. It's not my desire that I transform you. I can't do that. I can't, get, I can't do that. God can. God can. And I want that for you. My heart's desire is that you will see what God says about you. That song is true. I know who God says I am. God says that I'm forgiven. God says that I'm redeemed. God says that I'm predestinated. God says that I have wisdom. God says that I am blessed in, uh, in, in, in all things, blessed. God says it. God says that I am a child of the King. God says that I walk in authority with Jesus Christ. God says that I rule and reign with Jesus. That's what God says. Do you know who you are? The Bible says it in Ephesians 1. I'm going to read this with you here. In Ephesians 1, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1. This is who God says you are. That song is so amazing because God says things about you that the rest of the world will not say. Do you remember David? When Nathan, am I saying the right? That's terrible. Samuel, I believe it is. Let me double check because uh, I want to make sure. Uh, but I believe it was Samuel. Um, yeah, Samuel, uh, the prophet, okay? The prophet who anointed Daniel, okay? Who anointed Daniel. And Daniel, when God told him to go and anoint Daniel, or David, excuse me, I'm saying the wrong word here, who to anoint David. Uh, when God told him to go anoint David, you see, what he said was, I don't do things, I don't see things the way man does. Man looks at the outer appearance. I look at the heart, okay? I'm not gonna go there right now because I don't wanna take more time, but I want you to go and find it yourself, okay? And the prophet of God went and anointed the man of God. And David was the sheep herder, you know? He was the shepherd and his brothers were tall and, and strong and smart and educated and were well known and they already served for Saul and his army. But God said, I look at the heart of man. I look at the inward part, the inward parts of man. I don't look at the outer appearance. So God established right there and in many other places that he doesn't care what the outside looks like, okay? I want to encourage you right now. Maybe you've been going through something and maybe you've been going through something and you look on the outside like a total mess. But you see what God says about you is what matters because what's on the inside of you is something that God birthed within you. And what you need to do is surrender to Jesus right now. And that's going to make all the difference in the world. Everything is going to turn around because Jesus will do it. He'll fight your battle for you, but you've got to first surrender under him. If you'll just surrender under him, he will change it all.
See, it doesn't matter what the people on the outside say. They look at you and they see, oh, she's this and he's that. And that's not what's important. What's important was what God said. Now in Ephesians 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, this is Ephesians chapter 1. I want you to read along with me. You need to see this for yourself. In verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. There we are right there. There's the thing right there. He hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings. All spiritual blessings. That means everything you need, he's already blessed you with it. If you're in Christ Jesus, he's already blessed you with it in Christ Jesus. Because we have, when we walk in Jesus, when we walk in him, he is in us. And we have everything that he is. Literally everything that he is everything that he is okay i'm gonna stop right now and we're gonna and i want you to tune in for part two later on today okay part two is going to be broadcast at 4 30 p.m so stay tuned to get the rest of the message god bless you until then All right, now those of you listening on the podcast, you'll get to listen in and continue. Um, I'm going to continue on right here. All right, so we're back to the sermon about living for Jesus, surrendering, and we've been talking about what Jesus says about how to live the Christian life. And we stopped in the book of Ephesians, the book of Ephesians chapter one, and we stopped in verse three. And if you just tuned in, don't forget to go back and watch part one of this. You're going to get a good word because the word of God is, the word of God is strong and powerful and God is faithful. So I'm sharing with you God's faithful word, and this is going to change your life. So as you follow along with me, I'm going to start over, though, here by praying, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every one here today, Lord God, and I pray for the people, Lord. Touch each one's heart that is listening under the sound of my voice. Touch their heart and give them revelation by the Holy Spirit. Soften their hearts in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the Bible says that God has blessed us through Jesus Christ in all with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places it says in Christ so blessed be the god i'm going to read that again blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ so when you're walking in Christ when you surrender let's back up a second here When you surrender and you take up your cross and you lay down your life, Jesus said that if you lose your life, you will gain it. If you hold on to your life, if you keep your life, then you will lose it. So though when you pick up your cross and you lay your life down, that is the act of surrender. So when you put down your cross and your your life and you say, I don't want what I want anymore. Jesus, I want what you want. 
Even if you don't know what it means, even if you don't quite understand what he wants, reading his word is going to teach you what he wants. And he's going to begin to speak to you by his Holy Spirit and show you how to live his life. And as we're reading here, we've been reading in the book of Matthew chapter six, he tells us what he wants. He's telling us all through his word what he wants. He wants us to live for him. He wants us not to live for people around us because just like Daniel, I keep saying Daniel, but I mean to say David, just like David, when God called him and had him anointed to be the next king of Israel, to be the next king, it was not about what the people saw. Nobody saw anything worthwhile in David. Nobody saw anything worthwhile. The youngest son, the shepherd, the one that was not, you know, so tall and strong. No, but God knew that he would be a man after his own heart. Remember, that's what he calls him. David is a man after my own heart. That's what he said. That's what he said. So I want you to be encouraged that what God says about you is not what the rest of the world may say about you. They have their own opinions and they can keep their opinions because their opinions do not matter. God's opinion matters of you. So when you lay down your life, you are surrendering unto Jesus Christ. And when you're surrendering unto him, that means you have, you've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in him. According as he hath chosen us in him, you are chosen in him before the foundation of the world. Wait a minute. So you're saying, you're going to say this. You're thinking, wait, are you saying that God chose me, chose me before the world was founded, before the world was formed? Yes, that's what I'm saying to you. That's how much he loves you. And that's how much he knows you and knows your heart and he knows your situation. So don't fret, my friends. It may look like it's going to be difficult. It may look like it's going to be a, a lost cause or it is a lost cause. It may look like that, but it's not a lost cause. Because when Jesus is there and he takes over, he will do it. And Jesus is powerful. Let me tell you something. Don't you mistake it for any, in any way in thinking that Jesus was weak in any way. Don't you think that Jesus was on the cross because he chose to be on the cross. He held together the, the cross. It was him who holds the world together. The Bible says in John chapter one, verse one, turn with me there. John one, one. Now listen to this amazing, amazing word. And it says in John one, one, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. What? Everything that was made. There's nothing that was made that wasn't made without the Lord. There was nothing. Everything was made by him. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. So I'm just going to stop right there because I wasn't planning to go there. But you see, Jesus, the light, is God. 
Um, come on. That's who he is. That's who he is. Part of the Godhead. Jesus, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. So God said this. God said this. When we go back to Ephesians 1, we see that he chose you and I in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. So how are we without blame before him? When Jesus Christ shed his blood for us and he died on the cross and we accepted his death and we accepted the blood and we accepted his forgiveness, he washed all of our sins away. He washed them all away. He doesn't even remember our sins. And it says, without blame, before him in love. We're without blame. You're without blame. Repent. And it's that simple. Repent. That's it. You see, the people around you. No, no, no. Let me not go there for a second. I want to read for a second. I'm going to continue reading. And it says, in verse 5. Having predestinated, I'm going back to Ephesians 1, I'm back in Ephesians 1, verse 5. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. So we are predestinated to be adopted. He already knew he was going to adopt you by Jesus Christ. You've been adopted into the family of God by Jesus Christ. You, me, we are part of the family of God. Through Jesus Christ, we have been adopted. We've been adopted. So that means that everything that Jesus has, you have. Everything in, his, in, in him. Everything you have. Everything that he has, you have. So friends, you don't have to be in fear about anything. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to wonder what's God going to do about your family. What's he going to do about your finances? If you will follow after him, he will clean it all up. That's what he does. That's who he is. And he'll make it better than you could ever imagine. Ever. You couldn't even dream or think or ask the things that he has planned to do in your life. Just let him do it. Just let him do it. Oh, the Lord is mighty. You see why I say he's strong and he's mighty? Because he's not a man. God is not a man that he should lie. So we can trust whatever he says. If he said that he would be faithful to do what he said he would do, then he's faithful to do what he said he will do. Has he ever lied to you? No. He's never lied to me. Everything he said he would do, he would do, he's done it. Every single thing. Everything. And it amazes me. Because he'll even tell you things that you didn't ask. He'll tell you things that you didn't ask. And he will reveal it to you and do it. Oh, the Lord God is faithful. The Lord God is faithful. Hallelujah. So, I'm just so excited about what God is doing here. God loves you and he loves me. And if we'll only just surrender to him, 
we will be victorious. And victory means living for Jesus. Jesus will fight your battles for you. Jesus will teach you by his Holy Spirit everything you need to know. Jesus will deliver you. Jesus will strengthen you. Jesus will remind you by his Holy Spirit. Jesus is amazing. He's mighty. So when we go in here and we look at the word in Matthew, we're back in Matthew here. We're in the book of Matthew chapter 6, okay? In the book of Matthew chapter 6, it says, But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So, the next verse, chapter 22, Matthew 6, 22, it says, The light of the body, excuse me, is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. If thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, okay, wait, I want to teach you, I want to show you this here. So you cannot serve two masters. You cannot love your life and then love the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot love money and love the Lord Jesus Christ. Money is not going to give you a, what's the word I'm looking for? Money is not going to give you stability. Jesus gives you stability. The Lord gives you stability. Jesus is the one who gives you what you need. So through him, you have your job. Through him, you have the finances that you do. Maybe you've invested in some properties. The Lord gave you the wisdom to invest in those properties. Maybe you received an inheritance. The Lord moved in the heart of that person to give you that inheritance. You see, you have nothing without the Lord. And we have to remember that. That our faith isn't in the, our job or isn't in our money. Our faith must be in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says the light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye shall be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. So he's meaning to keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember what he says about your life. Remember who he is in your life. He's the king of your life. He's the king of everything. When we say our Lord and Savior, notice there are two different words. Our Lord and Savior, well, your, your Savior is what he is when he shed his blood for you. He died on the cross so that your sins may be forgiven. You, you said, I want that, Lord. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe you died for my sins. He saved you then. He's your Savior. So you're your Savior. But now we say also he's the Lord and Savior of our life. The Lord means that he's in control of your life, that you laid your life down and you said, I'm going to follow after you. And he says, follow me. Follow me. That's what he says. Follow me. He said it to the disciples and he says to us, follow me. We're disciples. 
Do you realize it? We're disciples of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that disciples are the ones who will inherit the kingdom of God. His disciples. We must follow after Jesus. If we don't follow him, we're not his disciples. The only way to be his disciples and to follow him is to surrender everything, to lay your life down, to say, I don't want what I want. I have this desire, but I'm going to take that desire and I'm going to lay it down and I'm going to give it to the Lord Jesus and I'm going to take on what he desires for me because God desires different things. Remember the world, remember the world sees that the, the wisdom of God is foolishness. So sometimes we might be thinking, oh, this doesn't sound right. This doesn't look right. This looks like it might be the foolish thing to do. But if God says do it, it's not the foolish thing. It's not the foolish thing to do. So as we continue on, let's go and let's look at what he says here about um, mine eye, if your eye be evil, in verse 23. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? So keep your eye, your, if your focus is on darkness, your focus is not on the things of God, but of the world. You're looking unto darkness. There's darkness in you. You don't have Jesus. You don't have his light. You see, you must keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. In order to follow him, how can you follow him if you don't see him, if your eyes are not stayed on him? Then it says, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. So, mammon, the love of money. You cannot serve your love of money. You cannot have a love of money and serve God. Either you have a love of God and you know money is a tool that God gives you or you love money or you serve God or you serve money. It's one or the other. Whichever one it is, you have the choice. God is not a God who will allow us to, um, what's the word? If he, he, He's a jealous God and it's a good jealousy. He wants your whole heart. That's where jealousy comes from God. He wants your whole heart. I'm not talking about the jealousy of the world. Satanic jealousy is not the same. Demonic jealousy is not God, the, God's jealousy. His jealousy is that he wants your whole heart and he wants every bit of you. Because if he has your whole heart, then he can transform your life and your life will not be the same. That's why he wants your whole heart because he knows if you love money and you try to say, I'm going to love God and I'm going to love this and no, 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 your heart is, your heart's divided. You can't have both. But when you put down the money and say, you know what? God will give me what I need. God's going to give me money. I'm not going to trust in that. I'm not going to say, oh no, what will I do? I'm going to say, God, you're going to take care of me. And you're the one who gave me this job in the first place. You're the one that's kept me here. You're the one that's defended me when such and such wanted to get me fired or so-and-so didn't like me or this new boss came or that. You know the situations. You've been there and done that. You, you, you work. You work. We all have to work. But God is bigger than those things. And that's why he's a jealous God and he wants your heart. 
your whole heart. He wants you to live your life for him. You cannot live for him. You, he can't have your whole heart if you didn't surrender. If you didn't surrender, he doesn't have your whole heart. It's time to lay down the things in this world and take up your cross and live for Jesus Christ. It's time to do it, friends. It's time to do it. It's time to do it. It says here in verse 25, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Think about that. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. So wait a minute. The birds aren't putting their food in barns somewhere. The birds aren't storing up their food. The birds go out daily to get what they need. And we need to remember the same thing, to rely on the Lord God to give us everything we need daily. The Bible says, why do you think the Bible says that his mercies renew daily? That means that he has everything we need. He'll provide it for you daily, even moment by moment. If you will surrender unto him and you will say, I don't want the things that I've already had. I want what you have for me, Lord God, because what God has for you is amazing. It is greater than anything you can imagine. It's greater than anything you can imagine. So I'm going to read on. And it says, so here uh, in verse 26, Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Whoa. So the Lord provides for them. Aren't you more valuable to the Lord than a bird? The Bible says you are. And because of that, God is going to fight your battles. And God is going to take care of everything that you need. And it says here, Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? Yeah, think about it. Who can be taller because you want to be tall? Who can be, you know, better because you want to be better? No. God will take care of it. You can't be taller because you said, I want to be taller. I can sit here and I can sit up. I can elongate my spine. I can stretch my spine. I can oh, stretch out my back. But will it make me any taller? No. I will never be taller unless God made me taller. And I'm pretty sure I'm finished growing. I'm pretty sure I'm finished growing. The thing about it is God will not work in your worry, but he'll work in your obedience, which is to not worry and to give everything over to him. That's what he desires for us to do. Why? Because he'll take care of it. It says... And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, 
Oh, ye of little faith? Whoa, wait a minute there. That's right. That's what he said. Jesus said, ye of little faith. If you're so worried about where's it going to come from, what am I going to get? You don't have any faith. You have little faith. You have little faith. The God that we serve said that he will take care of us and we can trust him for that. It says, therefore take no thought saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly father knoweth that ye have need of all those things. So, at this time the Gentiles were not saved. So we're talking about the world here. So the world thinks that way. The world's worried about what am I going to do about this and how am I going to figure this out and what's it going to be and how can I do this. That's the way the world thinks, but we need to be different. And we have something different. We have Jesus Christ. We have the Lord controlling everything. I can't tell you how many times I've thanked God for him telling me something that I would never have done or never have known. And if I hadn't obeyed him, I would have been in a heap of trouble. And I bet you can tell me stories and testimonies that are the same. I bet you can tell me. Let God be God. Let him take care of his, his children. Let him do it. So it says... But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. So, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all of those things that we mentioned will be added unto you. Every one of them will be added unto you. It's right here in the word. Yeah. All of them will be added unto you. And finally, in verse 34, he says, Take therefore no thought for the, t for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Friends, I'm going to close. I want you to take a moment and I want you to think about your life. Have you surrendered over to Jesus? Have you surrendered to him? Have you surrendered to him? I'm going to stand up because we're going to pray. I'm going to move this chair out of the way. And I'm going to stand back so you can see my head, see my face. And I, want, I hope that you can hear me on the podcast. I, I'm going to take this with me here and hold this to make sure you can hear me on the podcast. See, God is a God who's faithful, friends. And he wants you today to surrender over him. He does to over to him. He doesn't want you to continue living the way you've lived, where you worried about this and you were so worried about that. And maybe you were, I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Maybe you were worried about your job. If you will only surrender it over to him and surrender everything in your life over to him, he'll take care of that. He'll take care of your job. If you've been worried about your children or if you've been, that, let's look at that right there. Most parents a lot of parents are worried about their children. You're worried, oh, is my daughter or my son serving God? Is they, are they going to do this? Are they going to make something of their life? Are they Stop worrying and give it over to the Lord. Surrender it over to him. He will take care of it. I promise you he'll take care of it. Whatever your problem is that you need to surrender, I want you to pray this prayer with me here today. If you decided today that you want what this Bible says, you want what you heard here today, and you want 
what Jesus can give you, this, this peace, this trust. If you're saying to yourself, well, I want to trust that the Lord Jesus will take care of everything with me, for me. I want to know that everything is going to be taken care of, that I don't have to worry anymore. I'm tired of worrying. I'm tired of it. Well, friends, what you, all you've got to do here today is make this, pray this simple prayer. So I want you to pray with me. Believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth. Dear Jesus, thank you for today. Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my heart. I believe that you are the son of God and I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you shed your blood and that now I'm asking you to forgive me of all my sins. And I believe that your blood is washing away all of my sins right now. I believe that you are cleansing me. I ask you to cleanse me. Take away all of my sins here today. I give you my heart and I ask you to live here and I choose to surrender my heart over to you today. Surrender everything in it. I surrender it to you today and I choose to take my cross and follow after you today from this day forth. In Jesus' name, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer with me, you are now a child of God. You are now here in the kingdom of God. You are part of the household of God. Now, maybe those of you, if you thought, you know, that you need to rededicate your life, do that here today. Rededicate your life here today. All you've got to do is surrender, friends. All you've got to do is surrender. So I'm going to close in prayer right now. And let's go before the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for each and every person here today. Each and every one that listened to the sound of my voice or watched the video. Lord God, I ask you in the name of Jesus to touch their hearts, Lord. Give them a desire to surrender everything over to you. Strengthen them, Lord, that they may do it. In Jesus' precious and holy name and all God's people said, Amen. Well, friends, I'm so excited that you joined me here today. If you are watching on Facebook or you're watching on YouTube, you can share this with your friends. There are two parts. This is part two. And of course, uh, you can also listen on the podcast. Maybe you want to listen as you walk or listen as you work. You can feel free to do that as well. You can share the podcast. The podcast is on anchor.fm and you can go there and it's under Michelle Donati and Ministries or you can go to the Anchor app. Maybe you have the Anchor app. If you do, you can just put in Michelle Donatian Ministries and you're able to listen in. If you have Apple Podcasts, you have CastBox, or um, there are quite a few other, uh, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Quite a few other uh, podcasts or apps that you can listen or websites you can go to to hear uh, this uh, sermon and to hear my podcasts. And in case this is the first time you've tuned in or you've never listened to before, you can listen to my podcast daily on anchor.fm where I've been reading the word of God. And we're in the book of Leviticus right now. I'm so excited. So you can listen to today's podcast, Will, which is uploaded every single day at 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So you can go to my Facebook page. You can go to my YouTube account, YouTube channel. Both are under Michelle Donatian Ministries. You can go to Twitter 
Twitter. You can go to Instagram under Michelle Donatian as well, or go to my website at michelledonatian.com. So friends, I love you. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope and pray that you'll look for the wonderful blessings of God around you because they're happening in Jesus' name. I love you. God bless you. Goodbye.